الجزيرة بودكاست Resetting ties after years of enmity. Turkey and Egypt are close to restoring full diplomatic relations as their foreign ministers meet in Ankara. But what challenges do they face and what does it all mean for the region? I'm Tom McRae and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect, analyse and help define major global stories. Okay, well, let's bring in our guests now. Joining me in Ankara is Yusuf Alabada, an international security and politics expert and retired colonel. In Istanbul, Helene Sari-Atam, Associate Professor of International Relations at Istanbul Medinyet University. And in Washington, D.C., Khalil Al-Anani, a senior fellow at Arab Centre Washington, D.C., a non-profit organisation dedicated to political and economic understanding of the Arab world. A warm welcome to all of you. Thank you very much for being on Inside Story today. Helene, if I can begin with you. Uh, Erdogan once called Sisi a tyrant. Sisi has said Turkey has been protecting terrorists. I mean, both are still in charge of their respective countries. So what has changed to get them to this point? Well, we are once again witnessing uh, another chapter in the Middle East uh, history, let's say, because uh, there's a continuing rapprochement between various countries and Turkey, Turkey, and this is something quite uh, positive in Turkish foreign policy as well, because we have only a small amount of time left to the general elections and presidential elections. And this kind of warm atmosphere has a power to affect foreign affairs as well as internal affairs. And uh, I guess we should have a broader look to this rapprochement between Turkey and Egypt uh, in the last couple of months. Uh, as we remember, uh, in the mid-March, uh, our foreign minister, Çavuşoğlu, went to Cairo uh, to mm-hmm. get closer with uh, the Egyptian regime. But at the same time, we now have uh, Egyptian foreign minister in Ankara. And in a broader perspective, I think this is a continuation of the uh, rapprochement between Turkey and Gulf countries, including United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, as well as Turkey's uh, getting closer with Israel, especially in the last uh, couple of months, let's say. Uh, mm. This is quite helpful for Turkish side because, uh, especially in terms of uh, the Mediterranean energy security, Turkey needed such a uh, move uh, to get closer with uh, formal rivals uh, or enemies, let's say, uh, because it's almost impossible for Turkey, uh, in terms of Turkish gen- traditional Turkish uh, foreign policy as well, to be at odds with so many countries at the same time. For yeah. that reason... We see a similar thing that Turkey is getting closer with Israel, with uh, even with Greece in the last couple of mon- months after the uh, terrible earthquake that hit uh, Turkey. So we are witnessing the um, after uh, effects of uh, the uh, earthquake. So this is earthquake diplomacy, which makes uh, the countries at least to repair their uh, relations after such mm. a uh, terrible incident. Khalil, uh, why now? Why why is this happening now, do you think? I think for different reasons, Tom. Uh, some of them relate to the domestic affairs in each country. Uh, some of them relate to the regional repositioning and shifts and the global exchange as well. If we took the first level of analysis, which is domestic affairs, both countries are facing severe economic crises over the last couple of years uh, due to different factors among them is the uh, COVID-19 ramifications, as well as the uh, Russian war in Ukraine. Uh, 
Egypt has been facing this crisis over the last couple of years. Uh, there is devaluation of the Egyptian pound, as we know, uh, unprecedented level of foreign debt as well as inflation. The same can be applied to Turkey as well. So both countries felt that this is the time or now is the time to mend the relation. The second is the regional shifts, as the previous guests mentioned. Uh, correctly, there are different changes. Uh, there is fluid, fluid, fluidity in the region right now. Different countries trying to shift from the old uh, policies uh, in order to repair the relations. Mm. We saw this particularly in Turkey. Turkey is trying to adopt once again what's called zero problems uh, foreign policy, meaning trying to repair and mend the relations with other countries, particularly Saudi Arabia, UAE, Syria, Israel, and now Egypt. As well as if we look at the global exchanges right now, this competition between the U.S. and China, as well as the Russian war in Ukraine, all these circumstances pushed both countries to rethink and to reposition themselves in order to get benefit from what's going on. So mm. I think uh, both realized that we sh they should move a little bit from the past and try to open a new chapter in their bilateral relations. What is, what is very interesting, Tom, here, if we look at the bilateral economic relations between both countries, it it didn't. Uh, it wasn't impacted by the political rupture. If you look at the, for, for example, the trade volume uh, uh, increased from seven billion dollars in 2007. Now it's 11 billion dollars in terms of trade volume and economic exchange between Egypt and, and 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 Turkey, which is very significant when it comes to the economic situation in both countries. Mm. So it's the perfect storm bringing them back together at this point in time, uh, Yusuf. I mean, there are many issues that have divided this, the, the two countries over the last decade or so. I mean, what are the terms or preconditions of, of this reconciliation? Or is everything up for discussion at this point in time, do you think? Everything probably will be uh, going to be on the table because, as the previous guest mentioned, that uh, the changing conditions, especially in the world and in the area, uh, enforce these two countries to discuss on the table. But I do believe that they will put aside the problems that they cannot resolve and they will go further for the issues that they can uh, move to a win-win position. For, from my point of perspective, they will not discuss the issue about the Muslim Brotherhood because Turkey already started to limit their media coverage inside Turkey, but probably no one can persuade Turkey to accept the Muslim Brotherhood, for example, as a terrorist uh, organization. For that reason, everything will be on the table, but at the very end, they will put aside the problems that they cannot resolve and they will move forward uh, with the issues that they can go forward as a win-win situation. Khalil, you pretty much wrote the book on the Muslim Brotherhood, almost literally. I mean, what sort of fallout will there be for them in this scenario, do you think? I think the Brotherhood is already uh, under pressure from what's happening between Turkey and between Egypt. First of all, we should note that uh, the Brotherhood has been in Turkey for the last decade. Turkey provided them with a safe haven. Many leaders and members, when they left, fled the country in 2013, they found a safe haven in Turkey. Uh, they got many chances in order to uh, change the situation in Egypt. They failed miserably. They also are facing deep internal divisions, which impacted their ability to bring about a change in Egypt. So they got their chances. Now, Turkey is um, looking at the issue as a liability and burden on their, on their foreign policy. 
That's why they took some measures over the last couple of years in order to ease tensions, not only with Egypt, but also with other regional forces who designated the Brotherhood as a terrorist organization, including Saudi Arabia and UAE. So the impact of this rapprochement between Turkey and Egypt is already significant. Some of their uh, leaders left the country. Some of them uh, remained silent. And also Turkey has shut down one of the most uh, important TV satellite channels, Mikamelin. Uh, it has been shut down mm. the last couple of years. So the, uh, Turkey already took measures in order to cool down uh, tensions with Egypt. And I think the impact on the battle will be significant. However, when it comes to extraditing some of the those who are allegedly uh, participating in violence, according to the Egyptian government, I think this is not going to happen. Until now, Turkey uh, didn't do this before. So I, I doubt that Turkey will accept uh, the Egyptian demand or questions about this issue, uh, which might be an, an issue for uh, divisions in the future. If uh, Egypt asked and pressured Turkey in order to extradite mm. some of the those who are involved in, in, in violence, according to Egyptian government, Turkey might not allow this, this to happen. So this might impact the relations in the future. Yeah. Helene, has there been any uh, reaction from the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, you know, to the foreign minister's uh, meeting for the second time? And, and is there a fear there that, uh, that some may be extradited back to Egypt? Uh, there is such a possibility, but, you know, we should underline something. I don't think that the philosophy, at least the, um, the background that the Turkish government and the AKP ideology is feeling about Muslim Brotherhood has changed. So it, it's there. It's still a strong sympathy for them. But at the same time, the, 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 there are the rules, there are the conditions of realpolitik that Turkey has to follow as well. For that reason, uh, as my colleague also underlined, uh, Turkey is putting a kind of um, uh, separation between itself officially and the Muslim Brotherhood as, a, as an organization. At the same time, I do agree that Turkey will not be declaring Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. In my case, I think this will never happen, at least mm. as far as I can see at the moment. But uh, for sure, there should be some kind of concrete steps from the Turkish side to persuade the Egyptian side regarding uh, Turkey's limitations against a Muslim Brotherhood. I think the biggest uh, problem or the potential problem is still lying there, which is Libya. So it's not Muslim Brotherhood at, say, at, at yeah. this time, it's Libya. Libya is there, it's very serious. Uh, so many actors globally and regionally are included in this problem. Turkey is included there, especially in terms of military aspects. For that reason, I think the Biggest problem between uh, Turkey, Turkey and Egypt is Libya, not Muslim Brotherhood at the moment. And we have to speak about Libya more regarding the future of the relations, because yeah. uh, Turkish steps uh, regarding Libya will be uh, closely uh, affecting uh, Turkey's uh, future relations with uh, Egypt. Well, let's do exactly that. Um, I mean, there's many issues uh, when it comes to, to Libya. Obviously, the exclusive economic zone, the disputed maritime borders, military interference. Um, Yusuf, I mean, how are they going to come to any sort of agreement on any of those issues? And do you think that they can? Yeah. Uh, Libya is, as my, the previous guest also mentioned, uh, is one of the most important issues that should uh, come to an alignment for both countries. Uh, you know that the intervention of the Turkish uh, intervention inside Libya, especially in Tripoli, 
brought a comparatively peace to the region because there is a stalemate position now inside Libya. So if there is an agreement in order to make an alignment for the Libyan issue, probably that will be a win-win situation for both sides. For that reason, if the Egyptian side understands that, it is also a win-win position for the Egypt government and for all its economical uh, problems. Uh, I do believe that there will be a uh, agreement over the Libyan issue. From the point of perspective of the exclusive economical zone and the continental shelf issues, I should say that there is no overlapping area in between Egypt and Turkey. The issue is again the Libyan continental shelf and exclusive economical zone. Probably that Turkey's gas exploration in the Libyan continental shelf and the uh, economical ex exclusive economical zone will be on the undisputable parts, but not the overlapping areas. Mm. Khalil, what do you think are the sticking points going to be for Egypt when it comes to, to Libya? Is there a red line that you don't think Egypt will want to cross? I think so. Uh, Egypt uh, sees Libya as part of its national security. And we saw this very clearly when um, Turkey's forces went to Libya based on an agreement with the GNA, the General uh, National Accord uh, uh, government under Fajr Sarraj. Uh, and almost their forces came close to CERT. So Sisi came out in a very tough speech and he drew the red line that uh, they will not accept any further advancements of the either the uh, the Turkish forces or the GNA forces into CERT. CERT is a very critical uh, area for Egypt's national security. So yes, there is, there is some issues, but I also think that both countries realize that the, it can be a win-win situation, as the previous guest mentioned, if they come to an agreement. And I think the issue is not only between Egypt and Turkey, it's also between the opposing parties within Libya. Until now, uh, they still, uh, there, there are many divisions. Uh, uh, the elections were, were supposed to take place on December 21, 2021. It was postponed mm -hmm. indefinitely. Now we are witnessing some uh, openness between both parties, particularly in the light of the uh, recent initiative by Abdullah Bathili the UN envoy to Libya. And there are some hopes that elections will take place by the end of this year. But both parties, either in eastern Libya, led by uh, Khalifa Haftar, the so-called Libyan National Army, the LNA, and also the, the, the government, Tripoli, they should come into terms in order to move forward in putting elections laws and procedures. If this happens, I think both countries like Egypt and Turkey, they will come to an agreement. Uh, because they know that if the situation in Libya is settled down, they will benefit a lot economically and strategically as well. Mm. Helene, I want to uh, circle back to something that you said uh, earlier. Um, Erdogan faces a presidential election uh, in a few weeks' time. I mean, how important is this for him? You know, and what is the support like there in Turkey um, for forging a closer relationship with Egypt at this point in time? Well, uh, due to our age, we could have the chance to witness many different periods of uh, Turkish foreign policy uh, in the past. For, for that reason, uh, we witnessed the positive impact of zero problem with neighbors' uh, policy in the past. For that reason, uh, Turkey knows that actually there are so many advantages if, we can, if it can uh, underline the win-win strategy with its uh, neighbors, including 
uh, Egypt as, as a regional partner. Um, it's very easy to disrupt the relations between Turkey, Egypt, Turkey, uh, Saudi Arabia, and so on. But it's also not so hard to create a kind of uh, amity, to create a positive atmosphere in which especially all of the countries will uh, gain uh, especially uh, in terms of economic benefits. And um, like my colleague also on the line, Turkish-Egyptian uh, Egyptian economic relations have never fallen down. And, and in the last couple of years, it always went up and up. And this is also very interesting because we see a similar pattern with the Turkish-Israeli relations as well, because Turkey has many political problems with Israel. It had so many severe times with Israel in the past, but uh, the economic relations never never went down. So Turkey needs this mm. potential, and it's quite aware that uh, it's very important for Turkey to have foreign investment, to have uh, better economic uh, benefits from the region. For that reason, I guess many countries, including Saudi Arabia, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, uh, Egypt, Israel, even Greece, they know that they have so many stuff to gain when they have better relations. But at the same time, there are some crisis times, and sometimes purposely, uh, all these countries are trying to show off in terms of military aspects. They are trying to show off their military power. And Turkey mm. has been doing that since the uh, start of the Syrian civil war. And Turkey is doing that with its um, uh, IHAZ and SIHAZ, you know, uh, very significant military uh, equipments, which Turkey is also trying to sell to Libya as well. And they were used in Libyan civil war in the past. And Turkey is there in Libya militarily. But not yeah. only Turkey or Egypt are there, as Russia is there, which is very important. And mm. Russia is still there and still uh, quite determined uh, to to continue its uh, position there by improving its relations with China. And we also see that there's a kind of activity on the United States uh, position as well in Libya, because after the uh, Ukrainian war, there's a, a, a huge um, energy insecurity problem regarding Europe. For that reason, Turkey, the United States, sorry, is very much interested in Libya's energy, Libya's oil. And we've seen in the last couple of weeks that there was an agreement between a Libyan um, company and the, an American company about uh, yeah. uh, construction of a refinery, oil refinery in Libya. Okay. And Libya is not capable of uh, this technical stuff to, to dig out and to sell its uh, yeah. energy to the outside world. So they need the great powers. And we see a yeah. huge rivalry in the Middle East between the United States and rising China and Russia mm -hmm. in terms of Africa, in terms of uh, the Middle East, I should point yeah. Uh, Yusuf, I, I want to uh, stay zoomed out for, for a moment um, and, and talk about the eastern Mediterranean and, and how that would be impacted, the, the likes of Greece and Cyprus, how those countries would be impacted by uh, closer ties between Turkey and uh, Egypt. Uh, the Turkish econ exclusive economical zone and the continental shelf has lots of problems with the Cyprus and the, with the Greece, as you have mentioned, but as I said in my previous comments, that there is no overlapping area in between Turkey and the Egypt for exclusive economical zones and for the continental shelf. And so far we have seen and we have realized that although huge relations, immense relations in between Egypt and Greece, 
Egypt has always been respectful to the uh, Turkish economical zones and also to the self-continental zones which Turkey has already declared clearly. For that reason, the normalization of relations in between Turkey and Egypt will have no effect to the relations of Egypt and Greece and Turkey and Egypt. For that reason, those two problems are apart from each other. But I should also add that the normalization of relations between Turkey and Egypt probably won't have any effect to the elections inside Turkey because the agenda inside Turkey is completely uh, different uh, inside Turkey. But uh, I should also hmm. add one note to Helene that the Turkish existence inside Egypt, uh, sorry, in Libya uh, is very important from the security of the southern flank security of Europe. You know that the Russian forces inside uh, Libya was together with the warlord Halife Haftar. And mm -hmm. if they were successful, you should understand that the European southern flank, especially the Italy, won't be in the threat of the Russian threat, which we know from the Ukraine. And another issue about that uh, problem is that uh, without the Turkish existence inside Libya, there would be a huge flow of refugees because of the clashes from Libya to the Europe. Turkey also prevented that flow of refugees from Libya to the Europe. We should never forget that two issues. Yes, of but, course. But I guess uh, we should also underline that this created the tension between Turkey and uh, Egypt as well, because Egypt sees Libya as a national security problem. Uh, and for Turkey, Libya is quite significant in terms of many aspects, but this is not as serious. Uh, in, in the long run, it's serious, but it's not the same thing that Egypt sees uh, Libya as a national security problem as, as, an, as a neighbor. You know, it's very significant for Egypt. Yeah. So I do agree that Turkey's position in Libya was somehow beneficial for uh, preventing the crisis uh, in uh, Europe, in Southern Europe especially. But I also should underline that this created some other problems regarding the regional partners like Egypt. OK. Um, Khalil, we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but it seems like, you know, as, as many countries are being divided by the war in Ukraine and many other issues at this point in time, there's just as many that are wanting to become friends again. I mean, we've got Saudi Arabia and Iran, Syria and Saudi Arabia, Qatar and Bahrain, now Turkey and Egypt. Why do you think there is a coming together of, uh, of these nations at this point in time all, all at once? I think this is because of what's happening around the world now. We're witnessing maybe one of the hallmarks that happened over the last century. This is a new changes that's happening right now. If you look at the Russian war in Ukraine, this is the first long-term war since the Second World War. We're talking about now more than 14 months of devastating war that's happening now at the heart of Europe. This has uh, huge implications for the international system and for global politics, and we see the ramifications of this already happening right now all over the place. We also see the rising, not only competition, but also the conflict between the US and China, and we see the, China, the Chinese attempts in order to have not the only economic influence, but also political influence in the region. We saw uh, a very important development over the last months when uh, China brokered for the first time uh, a peace or resumption of relations between Iran and, and Saudi Arabia. There's something significant and tells, tells us a lot about what's happening in the region and also on the global level. So I think all 
these countries that you mentioned, Tom, came to a conclusion that they need to reposition themselves, they need to rethink the relationships, uh, particularly in the light of what's happening. So we saw now rapprochement and resumption of relations between Iran and Saudi Arabia. The same is happening between uh, Saudi Arabia and, and Syria. Same right. is happening between uh, 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 Israel and other countries. So we see significant changes right now. So now we cannot speak of long-term foes or long-term friends. It's all contingent upon what's happening either uh, regionally or internationally. I just would like to add something about the East Mediterranean yeah. issue. I just think very this one, quickly. Yeah, very quickly. I think this would be one of the most dividing issues between Turkey and Egypt for two reasons. One of them, uh, Egypt uh, established what's called the East Mediterranean Gas Forum uh, in 2019. It, ex it excluded Turkey from that forum, which includes other countries such as Jordan, Palestine, Israel, Italy, France, Greece, and Cyprus. And we know very well that Cyprus and Greece are the main adversaries of Turkey, the main foes of Turkey, and they have good relations with Egypt. So would Egypt sacrifice its relations with these two countries in order to appease, satisfy Turkey or not something else? The second issue is that until now, Egypt and Turkey did not delimit uh, or de democrate their maritime borders. And this is an issue that we need to look at when it comes to the future relations between both countries. Okay. Unfortunately, we have uh, run out of time. Thank you very much. It's going to be fascinating to see how this uh, plays out. Thank you very much to our three guests uh, today, Yusuf Alabada, Helene Sari Atam and Khalil Al-Alnani. Thank you very much for being on Inside Story. This episode was produced by Mohamed Alaichi, Katia Lopez-Holdegan, Abla Klaar and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Aston Goodison. The programme was edited by Manish Matai, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening and tune in on Friday for our next episode.